Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, you guys stand with me. I know you guys are feeling the Spirit, right? Yes, yes, there's something about getting together and praising the name of Jesus that'll just make you feel a whole lot better, amen? Yes, yes, if you'd open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. We're going to talk this morning about grace as we continue our journey from darkness to light. How many of you guys are found? Glad you found that light, amen? Yeah, me too, me too. And uh, we're going to talk about this morning about grace. Now, the good news is I can go ahead and call the altar call now, because guess what? We all need grace, amen? Yes, yes, so that's a done deal, okay? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to all need some help by the end of this, but... Uh, but God's good. So Paul is writing here. He's under house arrest as he's writing this. And uh, let's get started here. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to, to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of God and our faith in him, we can now boldly and confidently go into, into excuse me, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Speak to us this morning, we ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says? Amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and wave at your neighbor. Let them know how glad that you are that you're here. And once again, whatever device you're streaming by, thank you so much. We love you very, very much. This morning as we talk about grace, the good news about grace is we all need it. Amen? Yes, yes, we do. Paul is at house arrest as he is writing this. And he is technically a prisoner of Rome. But we find out through his writings that he does not view himself as a prisoner of Rome. Instead, he views himself as a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not allowing his circumstances to dictate who he belongs to. Amen? And it's easy to do, especially in our current climate and situations going on. It, we need some steadiness. Amen? And it's hard to say, okay, well, no. Remember, he says, despite what it looks like. So for us, despite your current situation, despite maybe an infirmity in your body, despite maybe how your family's acting crazy, anybody got some crazy family members? We all do, and crazy neighbors. Nobody said amen, because you're probably sitting next to them. But regardless, we have those guys in our life. And despite all of that, that's not what captures us, is it? It's Jesus Christ. We're a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And that is what Paul is writing here. He's in a situation that wasn't even his own making. He was walking through Jerusalem some time earlier, and they saw him walking with a Gentile, which is his heart to reach the Gentiles in the Scripture here. And, and they thought, well, you'd walked in a place that only Jewish men should have walked, that you walked into this, impl, uh, this uh, in, internal temple part of the synagogue. And he didn't. And a big ride arose. And anyways, then he pled his case and, and they, they, they did some stuff they didn't need to. So he said, hey, I'm gonna appeal as a Roman citizen. So now he's in the custody of Rome and he's with them and he's in a house. For two years, he's under house arrest. Think about that. We had COVID and we couldn't get out of our house for three months and a lot of us went crazy. 
Imagine two years, okay, two years. Now, some of you guys really do know what this is like because you've had infirmities that's lasted a while that's kept you from going place to place to place. And Paul is certainly in this situation. But he does not view himself as the one who is captured. Rather, he views himself as the one who gets the opportunity to have a captive audience. One of the things that we know about Paul, history tells us, teaches us, that they had to change prison guards with Paul pretty regularly. Yeah, he'd start preaching to them and getting them saved. <laughs> they had to send a new crop to him, a new bunch of, of people around him just because the joy of the Lord was all over him. Well, how can he have the joy of the Lord in this house? Because he understands the grace of God. That salvation's what it's all about. It's not about more stuff or bigger this or bigger that. It's about a relationship with Almighty God, amen? Only through Jesus Christ. Now I'm gonna get excited, okay? Now imagine that. If you were a guard and Paul preached to you like that, sometimes you might just get saved to not hear it anymore. You know what I mean? My goodness, okay? But Paul, but, but it's interesting as he, he didn't see himself as a captive because he understood grace. Now there's some things that I wanna talk about grace very quickly. We're gonna talk about a couple things here, maybe three, and then we're gonna go on and talk about what grace is and, and who grace is for and, and things like that. But before, as we, as we go a little bit further here, first of all, I, I want us to understand something because we don't want to just flippantly say grace. Well, I can do whatever I want because I have grace of God. No, Paul says don't do that. Paul says don't do that. So we know that grace does not fail us. Can I get a hearty amen? Okay, but can we fail grace? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And there's two different ways, just briefly, that we can talk about that we can fail, fail grace. We can abuse it. Paul wrote about this. Should I continue on in sin, what sin where grace bounds? No! No, that's abusing grace. Now you're sinning intentionally, and where sin is obvious, is the sacrifice still there? Okay, so we have to be careful. So we have to ask ourselves, the abuse of grace is not good. We can feel grace, amen? We cannot intentionally do those things. The next thing is this, it's the constant rejection of grace. Grace is trying to invade your life. Grace is trying to show you the cross and throw you, show you Jesus Christ, and you reject it and you reject salvation. And that is a destiny and a trail to hell. If you reject Jesus Christ, reject his teachings, reject God, you will stand before him one day and be held accountable for that. And it will not be your best day ever. It will not be your best life ever either, okay? So you wanna make sure that we understand about this grace thing, okay? We can fail grace, but grace doesn't fail us. Another thing that we understand about grace is grace is a gift. Oh, how many of you guys like getting gifts? I love it. Yes, I love giving gifts and I love getting gifts. And, uh, and Paul here is talking about this, though I am the least deserving of all God's people. He understands that this is a gift. Here's Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, suffered all kinds of things for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, yet he writes as he's in chains, listen, I know that I am still the least deserving of all this. I realize that grace is a gift. And that's what you and I have to realize, that it's a gift, it's something that we get as a gift. We can't work for it, we can't earn it. Only thing we can do is get it given to us, amen? When I was in high school, I was probably 15, 16 years old, and I got one of the best gifts that I still remember to this day. My grandmother's name is Bon. We called her Bon. I always called her grandmother, but we called her Bon. She was really, she was really a good at getting gifts. I remember one time she got me a Game Boy. That was really cool. We didn't do video games at my house, but when you're a grandma and grandpa, you can just get your kids whatever you want, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I'd get some amens. 
But this particular time, I, I get the box and I begin to take off the paper and I begin to take, you know, un, undo the, bo- the present in, in the box, however it was wrapped. And I remembered what I saw was a brand new pair of silver tab Levi's. Yeah. Some of y'all don't think that's a big deal unless you grew up wearing rustlers. <laughs> silver tab Levi's. Yeah, now you understand. Mmm. Matter of fact, I was so happy about the gift, I got a little bit of extra money for Christmas, so I went and bought me a new pair of boots to match my silver tab Levi's. But I remember looking at that gift and how much it impacted me now, even years later. And she had heard me say something six or eight months prior to that about wanting a pair and didn't know if I could get one. And then she just it stuck in her mind, and whenever she found a pair, she bought them for me. And I remember looking at that and what that meant to me. And I look at grace as the same thing. It's what I need, even though I didn't need, know I needed it. It's also what I wanted, although I didn't really know I wanted it as bad as I wanted it. But whenever I confront grace, confront Jesus Christ, it all makes sense. Because our hearts have been illuminated. But it's a gift. It's, it's what we receive. God's grace was given to me for you is what he says earlier in this chapter. He's talking to Gentiles and he says, listen, God's grace was given to me to give to you. It's a gift. It's just not stored in this temple alone. Amen? No, we're to share God's grace. We're to share the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? And we hear something else, and we see this, that grace is also revealed. It helps us understand that grace is to be revealed. He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Listen, what God has in store, we can't find an end to, amen? Grace is endless, okay? Now, remember, we can abuse it and we can do those things, But in the right spirit, with the right heart, as we seek Jesus Christ, we can come back for more grace because we need grace upon grace upon grace, right? Okay. But here it's something to be revealed. Here at Ray of Hope, and we've said it a hundred times, and I'll say it another hundred, we believe that we understand that people are at different stages in their Christianity walk. It's like a pool is kind of the reference that we use. Some people are at the shallow end, some people are in the middle, some people are in the deep end, Okay. Grace is something to be revealed as Christ reveals things to you in your life and you see more and more of the endless stuff that he has for you and you change your life. That's the amazing thing about grace is truthfully we deserve that whenever we found Jesus that we needed to be changed from the inside out 100% completely. But thank God, God didn't give up on us, amen? He said, I know you didn't get it today. We're gonna try again tomorrow. If you don't get it tomorrow, I'm gonna try it again the next day. We just make sure that we keep our heart in line, amen? Because grace is revealed. And that's something to be excited about, that Christ won't leave me like he found me. I don't have to stay in darkness, but he can illuminate my spirit, right? Amen. Amen. All right, I thought if I yelled there, it would make more of an impact, I guess. Darkness to light, okay? Now, this is the thing, though. And and as we continue this, this is what grace does for us. It it illuminates us, and, and it helps us understand that we're not stuck. Have you guys ever felt just stuck? But Paul here is showing us that he's not stuck. Listen, you think I'm a prisoner of Rome, but I'm not. Matter of fact, he even admits later that, listen, if Jesus Christ wanted to bust me out of this house, he could do that, but I'm here for a purpose. And many times when we feel like we're stuck, we're in a circumstance, God's grace is abounding in our life. Matter of fact, two of the great things that Paul did whenever he was here is he got to preach to people otherwise he wouldn't got to preach to. Maybe some of them guards that showed up would have never heard the name of Jesus had they not been there. People that came in his house and out of his house, And think about this, there were some Christians that were thinking about wimping out and quitting, 
but they looked at his situation and said, if he can do it, I can do it. My confidence is rising up in me. So whatever you're going through, let grace abound in your life. Let it be revealed to you because somebody's looking at you to gain courage, amen? And this is okay, but we're gonna fail, but then we're gonna succeed, amen? But here we see him being careful. Now, we can create some prisons of our own. First of all, we were all created, or excuse me, we were all in the sin prison before we knew Jesus Christ. Okay, Bible says that. We were all behind the bars looking for a key, okay? Uh, there's the solidarity equal ground there. But there's also other prisons that we can make. Some of us may be in that debt prison this morning. You just feel so weighed down, like am I ever gonna be able to escape this? And maybe you've created this situation in your life. Maybe other situations. Maybe you're in that prison of habits and addiction. You know you need to stop and it seems like this perpetual cycle now, we don't wanna get in that situation where we say, well, God will just forgive, so I'm gonna go do it. I'm not talking about that. But there is weak and there is strong, amen? In my weakness, he is strong. But we might be behind that prison of saying, God, I need these, these habits to break. Or maybe you're in that situation where you're behind that prison of family patterns. Man, you're trying your best to get through college. You're trying your best to get your Votech education or whatever education, or trying your best just to keep a job more than 30 days, and you haven't ever had that example set before you and you're trying to break some family patterns in your life. And you've created some habits that's kind of been taught to you and now you're pushing away from those and what do we need? We need the grace of God, don't we? Maybe you haven't had good examples and you're trying to become a godly father, a godly mother, a godly grandparents and you're doing your very best but the truth is you've never really had that so you're kind of walking on water you've never navigated or never seen and what do we need? Grace. We need grace to abound in our lives. Pull us from that fear, loneliness, heartbreak, mistakes, failures. We've probably all been behind those prisons once or twice, haven't we? And we're looking in from bars and it's like our hands are reaching through the bars and we're grasping at life. But you're not stuck. You're not stuck because we have the grace of Jesus Christ in our life. Because of grace, we can be free, amen? But we have to realize that it's something that we go after because we receive it, it's a gift, and we can't abuse it, and we can't reject it, amen? As Paul continues here, he shows us that this is the most, this is some important stuff about grace. I hope you brought a pen and pencil. It's simple. It's so simple, but it's so important. Grace is for everyone. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter three, verse nine. I was chosen to explain to the select few. Nope, to everyone. And this dude would preach to anybody. He'd preach to prison guards. He'd preach so long people would fall out of houses and die and he'd have to go resurrect them. Uh, he'd preach. Okay, you think we're bad. I mean, that dude would preach. <laughs> All right? Now, okay, I'm moving on here. So he, said, he says that he was chosen to explain it to everyone. First of all, I love what he says. I was chosen. Listen, what we have, the opportunity and the responsibility to show the grace of God, amen? We don't get to pick. Have you ever been in that situation where you're like, well, if I was picking somebody for grace, I wouldn't pick them? It's true, we've all been there. Like God, why is that happening to, you know? Just another blessing, the rich get richer and the poor get. We see that from time to time and we may feel that in our lives and in our hearts. 
That's what makes grace amazing is it seems really unfair. But this is what I found out about grace. If I'm looking at somebody's life and seeing that's really unfair, but I keep my heart right and I keep seeking Christ and I keep doing the things, here soon enough I will be on that side and people will start looking at you and saying, I don't know how in the world they got there. It must be the grace of God. Because if you'd have known them 20 years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago, they wouldn't be where they're at. But because of the grace of God, they're no longer like they were. And that's great news. That's where the, it's being shouted from the pulpit or from housetops, amen? Everyone, it's for everyone. This is a great, great opportunity. And we want to explain it. That's the reason why the Jews didn't understand this. The Jews thought, I thought God was just for us. No, thanks to Jesus Christ, he is for everyone. Grace abounds for everyone, amen? Okay. Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So somebody asks you, does the Bible talk about me? You can say, yes, your name is all, because it says, for all has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption of Jesus Christ. We can't paint the picture there. It paints it for us, that all who come can receive forgiveness. There's a wonderful story of a young lady that lived in um, Traverse City, Michigan. I say a wonderful story. It's an impactful story. She was 15, 16 years old and just felt disconnected from her parents. She thought that they were old, their old ways, their old habits. She didn't want any part of it and, and they loved her and they tried to raise her up as a Christian and, and love God, but she just felt disconnected. They didn't like her nose ring. They didn't like her dress. They didn't like how she spoke. Didn't like her music. Be careful, parents. She wound up in Detroit, Michigan. She ran away from home. She was walking down the street and a gentleman drove up in a big fancy car known as the boss. And I bet y'all can guess what's going to happen next. They saw, the boss saw her potential because she was underage and knew that she'd bring a lot of money to sell her body. And that's what she began to do. Soon enough, she got sick. And then she got more sick and, and she just was thrown out on the side of the street and gotten rid of and she would sell her body from time to time just to get enough money to get more drugs. And we know the story. We've heard it so many times. Philip Yancey talks in his book about how this young lady was on the corner one day and she said to herself, even the dogs at my house eat better than I do. And she had a shift in her mind and she called her parents she called him three different times and she said, I want to come home. I'm coming home. She said, I'm headed on a bus. I'll be there by midnight tomorrow night. And if, if you're not in the bus station, I understand. But I'm coming home. She got on the bus and bought her ticket. And as she was driving into the bus station, she didn't just see her mom and her daddy there but she saw 40 other members of her family waiting on her. <clears throat> As she was driving in, she saw a big sign that said welcome with her name on it. She'd worked so hard on the bus to rehearse the speech of, of forgiveness to her father. You know, we'd be better off not rehearsing anything to God and just telling him what we think. Saying, God, I'm sorry. This is what I'm sorry for. She gets off the bus and she looks at her father and this speech that she's rehearsed and her father looks at her and says, hush child, we don't have any time for that. There's a party that we're missing back at home. 
And it paints such a wonderful picture of grace. Now, let's not fool ourselves here. Be very careful with this, young people, that you don't just get to go out and do that lifestyle and think that, okay, God's grace is gonna abound. There was some therapy sessions. There was some counseling. There was some things that she probably had to pay for from the lifestyle. Let's be real here. But the graces that she got back with her dad, hush child, we've got a party to attend. And it shows such a wonderful part about grace. Did she deserve it? No. But do we deserve it? No. Whenever we got saved, we deserve to get on the bus and pull into a dark bus station with nobody waiting on us, with our Father not waiting on us. But we didn't find that. Whenever we found salvation, we found Christ that loved us and gave us grace. Because grace is for everyone. We don't get to divvy it out. We don't get to tell who's worthy of grace and who's not worthy of grace. We are not God. We got to push ourselves away from that seat of judgment. Put the fork and the plate down and say, I'm not going to eat of that. God's grace is enough. Amen. God's grace is enough. Another thing that Paul helps us understand is that grace covers everything. Grace covers everything. Ephesians 3 and 9, this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, have kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in, um, in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authority in heavenly places. You know, there's a lot of ways to sin in there. Yes. And sometimes there's a lot of ways to do dumb things. And then you can do super dumb things. <laughs> and you need some super grace, amen? <laughs> but here he's talking about a variety of ways to show his grace. That this has been from the onslaught because grace covers everything. You might think, Matt, you don't know what I've done. Well, that's right, and you don't know what I've done. <laughs> but we do know that grace covers it. Now, it doesn't erase the consequences, amen? It doesn't erase the consequences, but we understand that there's a variety of grace because grace covers everything. First Peter 4 and 10, as each of us has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Talking about spiritual gifts, the gifts from God, as good stewards for God's what? Varied grace. Once again, we see it again, that it covers everything. Did you know there were some old sin, there were sins in the Old Testament that you couldn't atone for? If you commit it, they just take you out and stone you to death. We don't have that anymore. We can get down on our knees and ask Christ to forgive us and it can cover anything. You've got some faults, you've got some failures, you've got some hurts, welcome to the club. And you're gonna have more. We don't wanna be imperfect, we don't wanna strive for imperfection, we, we, we wanna push ourselves as far away from that because what I found is the more that I know Christ, the more that I know grace, and the more that I know grace, the more that I know Christ, and the more that I know Christ, the more I wanna be like him and the more I realize how far I am from him and the more that I need grace. Can I get an amen? And we just realize that. Yes. And we sit down and say, does it really cover everything? Yes. And there's no place that it can't go that it won't reach you. Yep. We were taking a little road trip, and I appreciate Pastor allowing me to do that. We were taking a little road trip down to visit some of my relatives. And uh, we got any Johnny Cash fans in here? Yeah, yeah, two or three, okay. Probably more in the 830 service, but that's okay. <laughs> And the song came on, and it was great. You know, I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Cross the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've been everywhere. Some of you guys are stomping your feet. <laughs> I was thinking about that song, and it shows a good, you know, because we, 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 some of us have been all kinds of places and done all kinds of things we don't need to be doing. 
And some of us might be in a situation right now wondering, God, I've really been places I don't need to be and I've done things, I, and I might be in a place, come on, let's get real, I might be in a place right now that I don't need to be in. Can your grace really reach me here? Yes, Johnny Cash might have been everywhere, but let me tell you, God's grace is everywhere to everyone. It has no boundaries. It has no political scopes, no demographics. It doesn't care about ethnicity, amen? It doesn't care whether you were born in the gutter or whether you were born in the king's palace. God's grace is for everyone everywhere, amen? And it covers everything. But we have to receive it and we have to say yes to it. He continues and he teaches us something else that's very, very important. He teaches us that whether we realize it or not, that God's grace was on us from the womb. From the time of conception for the time God's grace was on us. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 3 and 11. And he, just earlier in that, ver, in that chapter, Ephesians 3, verse 6, he says, the mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and member of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. We see once again that this was his eternal plan. And it's mysterious. That's the thing about grace. There's some mystery to it. Like, God, why would you give this person grace? And it seems like you didn't give this person grace. Well, I don't think like he thinks. I certainly don't act like he acts. <laughs> So I don't always understand what he understands. But we come back, but we know that what we can settle is that for every one of us, it's been our life. And you might have felt, God, I just don't know, man. I feel like I've been meandering, like I don't have a direction. Like, God, are you really there? Have you really been speaking to me? Yes. Yes, God's Holy Spirit is here and he loves you and he cares. Now, it's not in the same fashion as once you give your heart to Jesus Christ and your spirit's illuminated, Amen. But we know that if we lift up Father God, that he'll draw all men unto him. If I be lifted up, Jesus said that, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That's the reason why praise and worship is so important, amen? Because we begin to lift the majesty of God and declare who he is and who we're not and we put him in the spot that he belongs. And you might be in here saying, man, I've never felt anything like this. Well, that's awesome, that's the presence of God. And he has a plan for you, like it, love it, or love it, he has a plan for you. And if you'll submit, it's amazing because it's been there since the beginning of time. Psalm 76, 71 and six. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb, you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. The psalmist understood that. That from the womb, before I knew what was going on, my life was not an accident. You might have been brought into this world and people have told you that you've been an accident all your life. That is not true. The grace of God has a plan for you. Now you have to submit to it and give your will over and surrender and wave the white flag and say, God, it's all yours. But whenever you do that, amazing things will happen, amen? So it's not an accident. Maybe you've had some bad situations and circumstances in your life. You've had bad guardians, an example, and you don't know how to do some things, and you feel like, God, are you sure? Because my life sure doesn't seem like it's turned out. Can I encourage you with that? was probably Satan trying to take you out because God has a great plan for you to be a part of something bigger than yourself, amen? And you can change people's life, and you can encourage them, and you can preach the gospel through word, thought, and deed, amen? And we all get that. But has grace really been on us? Yes, the grace has been on us from the womb. It's something that we, can't, we can only push out against. We can only fight against. Oh, but it's so much better to receive it and accept it. And say, God, I surrender. 
In Ephesians 3, chapter 12, or in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, because of Christ and our faith in him, we now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Because of this grace that's been shed on our life, because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, we no longer have to wonder if God's listening. We no longer have to wonder, do we matter? Does my words matter? No, we can go into the presence of God in the name of Jesus Christ and say, God, I know that you hear me. And for some of us, it might be simply saying, God, you know what prison I'm in right now. You know that I've made this on my own, or you know that this wasn't made on my own, but nonetheless, I'm still here, God, and I don't wanna be here forever. Help me get out of this debt. Help me get out of this emotional state. Help me get out of this situation where I just follow my desires or whatever situation you may be in. You lay it at the feet of God because there's grace there. The grace to cover everything. In Christ, what we find out is since we can all go boldly into his presence, we find out what? Favor is for all. There's solidarity at the cross. It doesn't matter where we were born. It doesn't matter if you've been rolling in the pew since you were in diapers or you just got saved at 35. Favor is for you. None of that matters because we're in Christ Jesus. We were, like I said, on a road trip and of course we had, does anybody else have to have like road trip songs to go on like family road trips or is this just us? I guess it's like a musical at our house. I think Mary and Callie can sing I Can't, you know? It's like a musical. So, so I'm doing another musical reference here. But we were singing, you guys know that great song by Journey, Don't Stop Believing. That's not the name of it. Is that the name of it? I don't know, but that's like the only line. If nobody else knows anything else in the song, they know that one line, don't they? And it's like the buildup, and then all of a sudden the car burst out. Don't stop believing, right? And we're having such a good time. And as that was bursting out, I was thinking about this. God, help us not stop believing that your grace is for everyone. Help us not stop believing that your grace can cover anything, God. Help us realize that we've had grace on our life since the womb. Father, to help us not to, not to fight against it, but to receive it so we can move forward and do the things that you've called us to do. We can live that life of freedom. We don't have to have anxiety and depression as constant things that holds us back or desires or things that we make dumb decisions on. But God, we can be set free. I will not stop believing, amen. I don't know where you're at this morning, but let me encourage you, don't stop believing. Man, it's, it's hard sometimes because when you're causing change in your life, sometimes you have to lay stuff at the altar over and over and over. And it's just not sin. Sometimes it's emotions and feelings and thoughts and those things that you know that set themselves up against Christ, amen? And you gotta come down, but don't stop believing. Don't stop believing because God's grace has been on us since the womb. It can go where you go and it can cover what you've done. But you gotta be willing to say, God, I surrender it to you. And this message today are not just for people who are not saved, it's for us Christians for sure, isn't it? Sometimes we, we fight grace a little more than we should as Christians. And part of that reason is because it means something when we disappoint God, doesn't it? When you were a little kid and you really loved your parents and disappointed them, you didn't wanna tell them. But we gotta go tell God and say, God, he already knows. He's just waiting for us to set it at his feet, isn't he? And not stop believing. Would you guys stand with me all across the auditorium here? We are so thankful you joined us today. 
We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.